You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Giant Splash Podcast. I'm your host, Chronicle Giants beat writer Susan Slusser, and today our guest is Drew Robinson, the Giants minor league outfielder. I think many of you know his incredibly moving story. Um, last year, Drew survived a suicide attempt and lost his eye in the process. Drew, we're so glad that you could join us on the podcast today. And um, I really wanted to talk to you for a lot of reasons, but first of all, you are now playing at AAA Sacramento. What has that been like for you, getting back to the AAA level after everything you've gone through? Yeah, it's uh, first. Thanks for having me. Obviously, um, it's it's just so meaningful. I I've done a couple of interviews and and such since since the news has come out, and every time I try to start talking about it, but. It's really one of those things that no words can fully describe how good it feels um, for so many reasons. But um, I guess I'll just chalk it up to it's just it's so meaningful for so many reasons for for me, my family, the doctors, friends, sports system, organization, everybody that's been involved in this last year with me. It's, it's just it just means so much to us. It's, it's absolutely incredible. What a journey. I Obviously, you had a little bit of a rough first night, um, but since then you've recorded your first hit of the season. Can you walk us through it? What was that first game like for you? It had been a long time being in a real competitive minor league game for you. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was just about everything that I was envisioning throughout the whole offseason. I, I had been looking forward to that moment for so long and worked super hard for that moment to become a possibility and I, there were so many times where I didn't think it was going to ha- actually happen but to be able to like kind of appreciate it and, and take it all in for the first time which is something I wasn't very good at doing before my incident was my in my career I, I always treat it very business-like and try to not show much emotions and whatnot so to be able to kind of like understand what was happening and, and take it all in for once and even let some emotion out when my name was called um, before the game started. And then, unfortunately, like you said, it didn't go very well during the game, but I was aware that just being out there was was uh, a lot bigger than than any kind of performance I could have could have uh, achieved. So it was, it was very, very fun, and it was very emotional for me and everyone involved. Oh, that's, a, that's absolutely amazing. I wish I had been there. What a, what a moment. Uh, did you yeah. have many uh, family members on hand? I told my manager, too, I, I thought it was pretty funny the next day. I was like, man, I don't know if anyone will ever enjoy four strikeouts as much as I just did. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Did you get to have friends, family there? Yeah, so it was great. The The aviators did such a great job of getting me tickets for my family and friends. Had had the doctors that helped put me back together at the, at the game. My psychiatrist was there. I just... So many people that were, like I said, that were involved with this was able to come out and, and like, just experience it with me. And, and uh, it was just so much fun for all of us. 
Oh, that's amazing. That's a, that's, I mean, that's, you're right. A four strikeout night. That's actually still incredibly special, especially having all those people with you who love you and support, have supported you through all of this. Exactly. Now, um, tell us about your, your first hit of the season. Go through the at bat a little bit. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it felt like it was a long time coming, even though it was only a couple games, but the results before that were not good at all. So I feel like it was a while, but um, I was able to stay on a fast, a pretty well-located fastball down and away and shoot it the other way, which is also another thing that I wasn't very good at doing before an incident. So it's kind of funny. I've, I've kind of had some jokes with some friends about saying, well, you know, that's why I'm a little off right now because that's that's not what I'm usually pretty good at. So <laughs> it's pretty funny. But, um, yeah, I, as soon as I made contact, I knew it was good contact, and I knew it had a chance. So I, when I saw it go through, I was able to kind of ease up and, and really enjoy the whole route to first base and understand that it was a big moment and also was able to appreciate the cheering that was happening for my family in their section. So um, being able to get on first base in a, kind of a relaxed environment because it was uh, just a single and then be able to kind of acknowledge my family and friends and everyone that was there was um, – again so meaningful and so powerful who, who was on the mound for las vegas honestly i couldn't tell you <laughs> hey all that matters is you got the hit that's for sure yeah i was kind of i was kind of blacking out for the first couple of games every time <laughs> i went up to hit um what are the challenges of hitting with one eye it was you and i discussed a few months ago nobody's done that at the big league level and i'm still have not found anybody at the minor league level who's done it so how are you finding that yeah, it's it's definitely taking some adjustments, and it's kind of something I might have even downplayed at first because I was able to do things so regularly with with my training and off-season batting practice and such, and I just kind of figured that since I was kind of adjusting pretty quickly there that it would happen the same way in the game and get back to a pretty similar feeling um, as I did with two eyes. And it's funny because I'm seeing the ball very well, and I'm seeing, like, the shapes and spin and all that like I normally would. Um, but since I am swinging and missing so much, I think that they're, I think I'm not giving it as much credit as I need to with, with needing to make some adjustments. So there's a level of, I don't know, adjustments that, that bring some frustration because I'm not, I'm still a competitor and wanting to compete and do well. So, um, it's, if there's an adjustment period that I'm finding out that needs to happen and I'm obviously making a little bit of those adjustments pretty quickly. So. I'm I'm really happy with where I'm at, and I'm really happy that I'm able to have the opportunity to do that. So um, it's just one of those things I'm going to have to just just kind of go all in and just keep showing up and see what happens. That honestly, that sounds like every like every hitter, you know, like it's probably a matter of timing more than anything and adjustments, which all hitters have right. to deal with. Um, yeah, and I a pretty good job, I think, of reminding myself as often as I can that I was. I wasn't perfect when I had two eyes and I still swung a miss and I still made mistakes and made errors and such like that. So I think I'm doing a, a better job more recently um, of reminding myself that like, what are we really comparing these, these things to? Because before I did all the same things. So I was streaky. I went in, in and out of slumps and hot streaks and stuff when I had two eyes. So I'm, uh, I'm anticipating the same kind of uh, similarities will happen with one eye. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not sure that there's much more difficult in pro sports than hitting, you know, <laughs> good pitching. Or, I mean, really, once you get to the AAA level, everybody is a really good pitcher. 
So, yeah, yeah uh, tons of guys have problems with that. Um, how are the hitting coaches working with you? Obviously, they have not worked with anybody that has any sort of visual um, issues. So are, do they have tips? Are they trying to do any research? Like, have you had any good advice or things that work, um, you know, that any of your coaches have kind of brought to you? Yeah, I mean, they're just – I think the coolest thing about it is that they're just treating me like another player, which is really important for my mental side of things. Yeah. Uh, and I just think it's fun because I'm just getting back into the, the the game situations and making those little adjustments every day and whatever I can to, to be successful. Um, we've, we've all obviously kind of um, – flirted with the idea of opening up more so that way I can get more like straight on vision with my back eye because it is my back eye that's that, that I'm using so opening up a little bit trying to stay more square because I did before my incident I did kind of turn my body a little bit more than a normal hitter I would say so making sure I'm not over rotating and, and losing a little bit of peripheral vision and getting my because one of the things that I've, I've learned that it comes into play is that my you, I don't know if maybe you've heard that like you can always see your nose in your vision, but you just like this, your brain decides not to pay attention to it. But when I'm turned too much to one side, I see a little fuzzy in, in the inside corner of my eye, like my peripherals, which is my nose. Oh. So pretty much it, it creates a little bit of a, it's a very minuscule blind spot basically of just like some blurriness. So if I, if I over rotate to my left, looking at the picture, um, I can tell because my nose gets in my, my peripherals a little too much. So staying a little square and staying uh, more center is the main thing that we focus on. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. I wonder if that's something that's going to go away in time as your brain adjusts to that. It seems like if it does for kind of all of us, you know, that that, that might be something that happens. But that's yeah. that's wild. But also it is a it is a good little kind of check for you too yeah. just to know that it's, you're going a little too far definitely um like i don't see it at all times it's only when i'm like drastically turned one way and trying to look drastically the opposite way so it's not like it it's always there and it's not like my brain has to completely figure it out right now but um that's just one of the things that i'm that i'm learning to adjust with in my hitting setup We'll be back with more with Giants minor leaguer Drew Robinson in just a moment. But a reminder first, you can find all of the Chronicles Giants coverage at www.sfchronicle.com. And to subscribe, go to sfchronicle.com slash pod. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. How about fielding? We talked about that a little bit a few months ago, Um, and... um, that's also not something that isn't naturally going to just click right back in because there can be things with depth perception and, and things like that. How are you finding it? Yeah, it's, it's going pretty well. I would say, um, infield has definitely been more challenging than outfield and 
it's funny because that's another thing that when I think back to before my incident, that was still the case because <laughs> I think I'm just more of a naturally built outfielder. So infield was never like supernatural to me. So it was, I had to really work at it to stay feasible in the infield. So yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm at the Giants game right now, as you can tell. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So again, trying to not to compare myself to perfection and understand that there's another level of learning curve that I'm, that I'm doing right now, but infield has been tough. I, the, it's more the, the speed of the game, I think, is what's giving me trouble rather than the actual task because, I mean, pretty much haven't played a competitive game before spring training since June of 2019, so there's a level of rust that will be needed to be knocked off whether I had two eyes or one eye. So um, getting back into game speed was, was a pretty big challenge for me, and... I'm finding that it's taking a little bit more time, but each day gets better. So it's kind of like what we talked about in the office. The first time I went out on the field with the with the outdoor backdrop, yeah. with my vid, kind of gave me some trouble. So I, I'm just comparing it to that and understanding that I was able to get through that with just more reps. So, um, like I said, I think each day I get a little bit more comfort in game speed stuff. Yeah, I mean, as long as you're getting better every day, that's the goal, especially at the in any time in the minor league level. Now, right. when we talked earlier in the year, um, there were times when you kind of figured baseball was over for you. You just thought it it, it was going to be done. Um, the Giants obviously have really encouraged you and um, wanted to give you the opportunity. Who has been the most supportive and, and helped you the most through this with, with the organization or, or in any number of people? I mean, I... I I don't want to sound cliche and say everyone, but so many people have been so amazing to me in this organization. Um, and the fact that Kapler takes the time to talk with me on a pretty consistent basis with all the stuff that he has on his plate. Also getting texts from Farhan. When, I just think it's, I just think it's so, so cool that the guys that have so much on their plate are able to still understand that this is just a weird, like a crazy opportunity and that they're so like, on board with it um and and it's not just because it's me and my situation i've i've noticed that they do that with everyone in the organization which is just so cool um it just means a lot to me and it means a lot to all the other players in this organization because there's a level of like human interaction that is meaningful rather than just a a business business mindset yeah um they, they seem to me like they you know Kapler all the time is telling us like he, he just saw a video from you and I, I know Hunter Pence obviously he's not he's no longer an, an active member of the organization but he's taken a real interest in you and your journey and has wanted to be helpful I, I feel like the the Giants are all just so completely behind you which has been absolutely wonderful to see well what was spring training like in Arizona um how did your teammates respond did you did people want to talk to you about what you went through or did they avoid it? I mean, did you have moments of uncomfortable kind of interactions or did you, you know, talk to them beforehand? How did that all go? Yeah, it was a little bit of all of that. Honestly, I, I did talk to most, well, some of the players beforehand. Some players were really interested. Some people, some players were kind of giving me that the side eye look like, is that guy got one eye maybe? What's going on here? some some people that just didn't, maybe didn't know about the story yet so and then eventually i addressed the whole the whole thing on a 
on a spring training wide zoom call and just shared some some stuff that i've learned and my experiences and everything so but that's another thing like i said with the hitting coaches that they everyone just kind of accepted me and just kind of like let me do my thing and just treated me like another player which is just so cool because it could be it's a very easy thing to like treat me like tiptoe around me or treat me a little hesitantly with with words and and I don't know. Uh, just being treated like another like another player means a lot to me. And the way that once I kind of got it all out there, some players did um, get the urge to kind of ask me more about it and ask what I've learned from this whole process. And so sharing things like that has been really cool because it just shows that the openness to this is uh, important. Yeah, it, I mean, as you know, this is Mental Health Awareness Month, and, and baseball has been, um, you know, really taking strides in that in that area at the league level and a lot of the teams, um, obviously the Giants are, uh, it's something that Kapler brings up a lot, how important it is. Uh, and, and we've seen that in action by, um, you know, the, the fact that like last year you, you came and talked to the Giants um, and uh, you've kind of worked with them to, to get your story out there. What do you, what kind of strides do you feel like the sport is making? in terms of mental health awareness. I know people, I see people opening up more and more all the time. Uh, Ryan Bookter, who I know from his time with the Oakland A's, just spoke to Sports Illustrated about his struggles with depression and turning to alcohol to kind of overcome the the stresses and anxieties of baseball, which is something you know a a lot about with, um, you know, dealing with the anxiety and the depression that can come with all the pressures to perform and the uncertainties of, uh, you know, your roster status. What, where do you kind of feel like things stand? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's in that phase where it's coming to light uh, more often, which is always the more uncomfortable phase of any kind of um, awareness movement. And it doesn't have to always be. I think, I think one of the things is that maybe even gets confused at times is that it, it always seems like it's so negative when people talk about it. But it's kind of like just getting it all out there at first, and then understanding why things are happening and what's happening and then that's when the adjustment period will will happen is like after you get all the facts and everything out there and and understanding of what people are going through then you can start to make the adjustments of making things a little bit easier for all the people involved which um is the most important thing and it's not like anyone's trying to like blame baseball for all this or blame whatever situation or setting that they're in they just want to see they just want what's best for people, and that's where I think I found myself, and I think that's where Ryan is finding himself. That he just wants to make things a little bit easier for the next people or the people that are still going through it right now. Because unfortunately, a lot of players do feel similar feelings, uh, and at times, just some unneeded um, pressures from themselves. So, I think it's it's in that phase right now where people are starting to point it out, and it's uncomfortable for some for some people, and uncomfortable in certain. Um, situations I would say but I think it's the starting point and I think it's 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 gonna it's gonna make a big big impact on a lot of players and a lot of organizations because it's I kind of compare it to and I know cap compares it to this as well as the physical rehabilitation type things and and I'm sure it was probably kind of weird at first having players or people assigned to just work on players fitness when it first kind of started so I think it's a similar thing that's going to be happening soon with specific personnel like our team psychologists and our mental skills team and all that um, to kind of just apply the, the, the learnings and things that are important to help players 
balance their lifestyle with a really stressful job. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you and I talked about this a few months ago. Um, there's so much in all, um, especially male pro sports, there's so much emphasis, I think, sometimes on being tough, um, being strong and not um, letting on if something's bothering you. Sometimes it even extends, you're talking about fitness. Sometimes um, even players who will, are, are injured won't say because they're so, you know, they're, they're worried about looking soft. So Kapler talks a lot about this too. You know, it's not, it's anything but that it's showing strength to go to people and say, I need help with this. You know, this is something I'm struggling with exactly like you would with an injury. Do you kind of see, see the, that there's that same sort of similarity there? Right. Yeah, exactly the same because you only hurt it with a physical injury if you're playing hurt and you're playing at, through something that's hindering your ability to, to perform at your best. You're not able to perform at your highest level, so in turn, there's a possibility that you might not be able to help the team at, at the highest level that they're needing. All right. Uh, Drews, before we let you go, I just have to ask you really quickly an actual baseball question. Um, since your season is going on, uh, going on now, how are things looking with Sacramento? How do you think the Rivercats are looking? Who's standing out to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I have been totally impressed, and I'm not just saying that to sound like a nice teammate. <laughs> I, I think we have a lot of talent out here, and it's it's not even just the talent. It's the kind of people we have. Um, there's always like that – because I've been on a lot of teams now, and I, there's, there's always a vibe one way or the other with the team that's either going to – you can feel it's going to help you or it's going to maybe kind of hold you back because there's some things you're not really liking, but – there's that energy in our clubhouse where everyone kind of is on the same page and people are just good people. And um, I know it's only been a, pretty much a week now being around them, but that's that's even more evidence of how um, true that is because it's, it stands out that quickly to me. And let alone the, the talent that we have. Um, we've put on some pretty good shows already. Um, we, we kind of slacked the last three games, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. But I think the overall talent that I've seen um, has been pretty impressive. And I'm really excited to go through a full season with these guys. Uh, that's wonderful. Everyone should get out and see the Sacramento River Cats play uh, and root, root, root for Drew Robinson. Wonderful story. Thanks so much for joining us on Giant Splash today, Drew. And have yourself a great season. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Our thanks again to Drew Robinson for joining us on Giant Splash. You can find Drew on Twitter at DrewRobBB. That's at D-R-E-W-R-O-B-B-B. Our producers today were King Kaufman and G. Allen Johnson. And our music, Batter Up, was written and performed by Lauren Gold and Ray Eastless. We will be back again next week with more Giant Splash. Thanks for listening.